Welcome to Conversations Live. For more than a decade, we've brought you the best in books, entertainment, celebrity interviews, and current events. When the movers and shakers of the world have something to say to you, they say it to us first. Here's your host, Cyrus Webb. Welcome back, everyone, to Conversations Live. I'm your host, Cyrus Webb. Glad you all could join us once again. But for our radio audience tuning in at WYAD 94.1 FM and WYADonline.com, we're glad that you all could be with us. Also, it's tuning in through our online affiliates around the world. We're glad that you all could join us as well. I think all of us would agree that when we're going through life and dealing with our own life challenges, the world is also going on around us. And the two sometimes can intersect with each other, and we can learn from both. Our next guest has definitely been able to do that. We're excited to welcome to our program today, Court Cassidy. Court is known, of course, as an Emmy Award winner, but he's also an author. His newest book is called Not Your Father's America, an adventure raising triplets in a country being changed by greed. We'll talk to Court not only about fatherhood, but also the world that he's been able to raise his children in, the lessons he's learned from both, and what he hopes you're able to take away from the book as well. Court, thank you so much for the time today. Really appreciate it. Thank you, Cyrus, for inviting me on. I appreciate it. So glad to be able to speak with you, Court. Court, I was telling you before we went on here. I really enjoyed this book, and there's so many lessons, I think, that our audience will get from it, but also some great humorous moments as well. What has it been like for you, Court, to already see the way that people are responding to the book? It's been really fun. Um, I've, I've gotten tremendously positive response, uh, both to the kind of the, the triplet story, which is a thing in and of itself, and 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 then also, though, people are really responding positively to my observations as a father on some of the things happening in the in the world, the America that the triplets are inheriting. So that's been very, very interesting and very, you know, really kind of great because I wasn't sure how that would be accepted by, by readers, you know. Yeah, right. And, and I think that that was the curious thing for me, Court. When I first heard about the book, I was really interested in, of course, the 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 fatherhood journey, you know, being a parent. But also, yes. I, you know, it was really interesting the way the book unfolds. And so, for our audience that doesn't know, what you're able to do is not only take us through Court, what it was like for you and being able to to raise your children, but you you kind of give us this timeline also of events taking place with them, but also in the world. What was it like for you to kind of see how as you were navigating this new normal as a father, how the world was also going through some changes and shakeups. Yeah, it's, um, it's I liken it to, uh, metaphorically, a, a van going down the road with, you know, dad, me at the at the wheel, and mom in riding shotgun, and three boys, baby boys in the back, and they're toddlers, and then they're or they're they're newborns, frankly, initially, in, in three car seats, and then they're toddlers, and then they're adolescents, and so forth. And and as we go down the road, so to speak, um, Dad's looking at you know I'm looking at the kids, making sure they're okay. I'm checking in with Barbara, my wife, and I'm looking out the window, and I'm seeing what's happening in the world we're about to de- well we are depositing them in the world they're inheriting. So that's kind of the um, the sort of what's happening in the book. There are these two narratives interwoven. One is the the account of the emotional struggle to have a family and the shock of having triplets, which was a big shock, uh, and the challenge of raising them. And the other is this sort of, I hope, insightful and interesting commentary on 
changes taking place in, in the America the triplets are inheriting. So I'm, I'm like probably any father. Um, a couple things happen instantly when you become a parent. First of all, you're um, mortified. I think it's, you know, it, there's sort of this fear that sets in that something could happen to your children. It's, it's irrational in many ways, and yet it comes with the territory. So right. I'm, I'm, I'm looking at the territory and I'm going, where are the dangers? Where are the pitfalls? What do we need to be aware of? And with three boys, very lively boys, uh, <laughs> you know, we were tra- constantly trying to stay out of the ER. You know what I mean? Uh, what? Let's not go there. Um, on a on a personal you know basis, and then on the sort of larger um, scale, looking at the, at the world and saying, okay, we're taking responsibility for all of this. We, we when we decided to have the three, and that was an emotional uh, decision. Um, we decided to take responsibility for everything that would happen, that might be good or bad, and and therefore also for the for the environment for the America we're leading to them. Not that we can control it all, of course. The The book is a, tells the story in a window from about 1992 to 2013, something like that. That's the, that's the window we're dealing with. So I don't go outside of that window and talk about historical things uh, or or more topical things, frankly, that have happened since 2013. Um, the book the book basically ends when the kids go off to high school, and we start paying for college. <laughs> times two. <laughs> right, you know, Court. Let me say this about the title for our audience too, because I thought this was really interesting too. The, the title of the book, as I mentioned, is not "Your Father's America," and it really talks about personally for you that you've been able to navigate this in an America that is so different than your father. One of the things, the way that your wife and you were able to actually have your sons, you talk about that quite openly uh, in the book. You also talk about how even dealing with what was, you know, the financial crisis that was going on and how, you know, the fears of, is this another depression? And of course, you know, again, the, the, the differences in your father's America, what was that like for you to kind of think about how the things you may have heard from from your own parents, um, how you would have your own stories to share with your with your children. Yeah, I I had to reflect and I do reflect in the book on my relationship with my father, and and briefly talk about my father's America, which was very different than the America my brothers and I. I'm one of five. Uh, sons and and we the America we grew up in was very different than my father's America, and that prompted me to look at well what how different is the America our triplets are inheriting different from the one I came up in and the first thing of course is in early in the America I grew up in i we wouldn't have had children because fertility medicine uh, which enabled us to have a family was not really available until the early 90s. Um, So, I mean, if you were trying to have kids before then and couldn't have them uh, naturally or with a surrogate or whatever, you know, you were in the adoption business. Um, By by virtue of IVF and vitro fertilization, we were able to to have our own uh, sons. 
<laughs> also by virtue of IVF, we had three at once, which um, is the uh, thrill of the book. But it's not something I necessarily advocate or recommend. I think people that have one child at a time are doing it right, um, just to say that. You know, get that out there. Yeah. But yeah, so then going along, for example, to your point, um, the first, it would have been 1996, the first year we we had children and we were, the first year we were paying taxes and had three children to deduct on our tax return made me want to look at taxation. How does that go? I mean, Barb and I were working, we were paying our taxes like ordinary working single people. Um, but now that we were had the opportunity to have three dependents, right, I thought, well, how, how, is, how is taxation being handled? And kind of what's, so I look at it, uh, not exhaustively, but I look at it through the guise of a, a brilliant guy named Mike Lofgren, a Republican uh, expert on taxes. And, and so that's, that's what took me to taxes. Um, in 1999, the boys are four years old, I guess, and, and we're in Toys R Us. And there are these labels on every toy you can think of, uh, from inflatables to dolls to, you know, board games and everything. And they're labels for product safety, you know, maybe unsafe for a child under three, uh, may have toxic content, whatever. And that didn't exist in my father's America. To, right. there, there, was virtually, there was virtually no product safety requirements in, in the America he grew up in, um, you know, until probably the 70s in this country. Um, so as a new parent, I'm going, well, this is kind of good to know, you know, that this has a, these are choking hazard for little kids and our kids are little at the time. So it's like that. I, uh, you know, and also in 99, I uh, was reading, the, we put the boys to bed and, and again, they're about four or something. And it's a great accomplishment of the day to get them in bed. Four-year-olds are really best when they're sleeping. Uh, <laughs> kind of how, how I feel about it. And, and, you know, we would take a deep breath and uh, because there was the whole process of Putting them to bed, anybody with children knows this. You, you have to figure out some way. Well, with triplets, you've really got to figure out a way. You've got to be organized. You can't be putting three kids to bed at different times. <laughs> you know, it's not. So we organized it, and there was, you would have dinner, and then there'd be some playtime, and then there'd be a bath, and then there'd be a re- some reading and some music and the lights out. And uh, so we were reading, I was reading the paper, in somewhere in 1999 after putting them to bed and reading that a company called Goldman Sachs had just been sold by the people who privately owned it for decades and had been sold to a couple guys and and they were going to take it public. And I thought, oh, that's interesting. I don't know anything about Goldman Sachs or taking companies public on Wall Street, but it was a watershed moment in finance in America because what they effectively did, and there's some commentary about this in the book, what they effectively did is they shifted the risk of investing from their, from themselves as the owners of Goldman Sachs 
to the shareholders who now uh, bore the risk of, of their investment decisions. And it goes on from there. Of course, we know lots of things have, have happened uh, on Wall Street since. But it's like that. It, it's noticing what's going on around our family as it sort of pops up in our world. That's, right. that's kind of what's going on. And that is one of the... And that's one of the things, Court, we're able to see. I want to say for those who are just tuning in, is on the radio side of our line, you're listening to Court Conversations Live. We're excited to welcome Court Cassidy to our program today. Court's the author of the new book, Not Your Father's America, an adventure-raising triplet in a country being changed by greed. Uh, to your point, Court, you, you mentioned both things in Chapter 5. I actually want to read this for our audience. Uh, the chapter is Choice Man, and you talk about two very big events for you in that chapter. One, of course, um, the fear of what may have happened to your son Carter in an incident that, that, that you record, but also about the world that you're leaving. So I want to talk to you about those two things. Um, beginning, mm-hmm. though, uh, with the with the thinking about the world. You say this for those who have the print edition of the book on page 116. It's formational. Our children will have to navigate a drastically different financial landscape than the one we learned to navigate. The new rules or lack of them will complicate and disrupt their lives in ways we, and more importantly, they can't even predict. Like if parents were dreading what we and they may have to face. Even in 1999, I can see we are living with a form of capitalism that has been hijacked by our largest corporations for the benefit of shareholders and billionaires. Is this the America we want? And, and I think that is the thing, and that is the question, right? Um, as you're kind of thinking about raising children, but also the the world that you're raising children in, what was that like for you as you were writing this chapter to reflect on the events of 1999, both personally, but also what was happening in the world nationally. Well, it was. It's, it adds to this sort of concern that I think parents have, uh, that I mentioned before. When you have children, you're automatically sort of fearful in a way that you've never been fearful before. You're you're hyper aware of children. By the way, They're, you suddenly have them in your life, and now you see them everywhere. Right? There's that. And then you're afraid, what if something happens to my children? Uh, something that, you know, I, I, every waking moment we would be all about making sure nothing happened to our children from seatbelts and car seats and the way they were eating and the way they were playing in the yard with supervision. You know, you, you, you're on it. You're, we were very involved and very vigilant. But what if something happened to our children caused by someone else? Right, and so you look outside of your world a little bit, um, and I think this was one of those observations that's that's a big observation, um, but it's one that does come come up because this is what you read is in 90, 1999, and in two thousand eight we have the collapse of of the economy worldwide, uh, the great the great recession, and Man, that that hurt everybody. That was that rain was not falling just on us, but the but the the prelude or the ground the the ground was kind of set for that back in 1999. You know what I'm saying? So right. Um, and by the way, the next part of the book after that section is called Cowboy Lovemaking. 
So just so people know, there's a lot of fun in the book as well. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, and and I think that that is the thing, right? I mean, even though you know it is my nature, a court to kind of uh, because I I'm one of these people. This is why my friends don't go to movies with me, court for one. I have to tell you, um, because I I find you know lessons in everything, and those are the things I end up remembering. And when people ask me, well, what was the actual story about? Well, I don't really necessarily always remember that part, <laughs> but I do remember the All lessons right. I took away. <laughs> you That's know, funny. I took away yeah, from I, it. My, my... Yeah. Well, I was just going to say, my wife hates going to the movie with me because as a writer for so many years in Hollywood, I come out of the movie and I've, I I know how to fix Act 2 and, and punch <laughs> up Act 3. <laughs> you know? like, Got you. She says, just shut up already. <laughs> it's already it's already <laughs> Right. Well, and and again, there are some really lighter moments in the book. But I was curious, though, about one thing, uh, Court, I wanted to ask you about, and that is – when you were sharing this story, this really seems like a love letter to your sons. What made you decide to share it with the rest of us? Well, that's exactly right. It actually, the sort of impetus for the book started as, uh, it started by friends saying, oh my goodness, you know, you guys have triplets, you should write a book about triplets. And I thought, mm, yeah, I don't know who would want to buy that. Um, and And by the way, someone asked me, why did it take so long to write it? You have to understand that from the moment we started trying to have a family till they went off to high to college, our lives were all about two things, working to pay for our family, to, to support our family, and taking care of these three boys. I mean, there was no time to sit down and write a book. But it did occur to me, Maybe I should, you know, I, I wanted to share it with them. I, wa- I knew that when they got to be teenagers and then young adults, they wouldn't remember much of what had happened. And so it did start as kind of wanting to write a long letter, you know, open letter. And then I decided it was too much uh, to be an open letter. And what was I going to do with that? And so it turned into, it turned into the book that it is. And it was a way for me as a father to share not only what we had done together and the fun we had together and the trauma we shared together, but also these insights and observations about the country. Well, it's a great yeah. book, Court. I'm so glad we had a chance to be able to discuss it. Again, remember everyone, Court Cassidy has been our guest. The book is Not Your Father's America, an adventure raising triplets in a country being changed by greed. You can get it through our friends at Amazon.com or, of course, have it ordered at your favorite bookstore if they don't have it. I know they'd be more than happy to get it for you. Court, really appreciate this time and so glad you shared your, your story with us. How can our audience stay connected with you? Uh, well, easy. Uh, go to courtcassidy.com. And the only trick to that is to spell my name um, <laughs> correctly, which is C-O-R-T, no U in court, C-O-R-T, and Cassidy with one S-A-D-Y. So C-O-R-T-C-A-S-A-D-Y.com. And there's lots of stuff on the website now uh, about the book and about what we're doing and uh, some blog articles and things like that. So it's kind of fun. Plus, awesome. a lot of my background, there's, um, I think they put every credit for everything I've ever done in Hollywood. <laughs> so <laughs> there's that. <laughs> Anybody's curious. 
But awesome. yeah, I, thank you, thank you, Cyrus, for for having me on. Um, uh, I I invite people to to read the book. I think the feedback I'm getting, which I'm really pleased to be getting, is that it's interesting and it's enlightening and it's also um, it's also entertaining. There's we we found our. I kept notes and I kept. Um, some kind of a journal, you know, no, I don't know. I'm a writer and that's kind of what I do anyway. So I had things, I had moments we had captured and I shared, before I wrote the the book, I shared those, some of those with the boys. We sat around after dinner one day and we just started laughing at things they had done and they were real things. And some of them they remembered and some of them they didn't, but we were just laughing and I thought, well, there's, that's the fun of the book, you know? And so there's a lot of that a lot of that in there that puts you in the room, in the room where exactly. it happens. Exactly, right. for sure. Well, yeah. I definitely, I yeah. think, whether our audience have children or not, uh, there's definitely something they'll be able to get from it in court. Looking forward to our next chat together. I would love that, and thank you again for having me on. I appreciate it. Glad to do it. And we thank your audience for tuning in to another great segment of Conversations Live. Until next time, I'm your host, Cyrus Webster. As always, enjoy your day, enjoy your life, enjoy your world. Thank you all for choosing Conversations Live. And let's go make today amazing. Take care.